Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blush You podcast brought to you by Blush Life Coaching. I am your co-host, Callie. And I'm Elise. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. You know what? I'm so excited because today is our first actual Blush You submission. Yes. We got a lot actually, which I'm really, it was so much fun reading through all of those, but today we have a really, really good one. So I'm excited to work through this one because I think these, the things that we're going to talk about today are like so valuable and I think can apply to everybody's life, not just this person's situation. I think so too. You know, people sometimes ask me like what I do for a living and when I'm feeling really spunky, I'll say I'm a professional story listener because I'm surrounded by professional storytellers living in Los Angeles, right? Everyone wants to act. Everyone wants to write. Everyone wants to produce, to direct, like they want to tell stories. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm a consumer. (laughs) That's my job. People tell me their stories and I just get to listen. And like, I don't know, tell me a better job. Tell me. And so having these emails come in and getting to read all these stories. Cause remember most of the time we listen, you know, during conversations. And so mm-hmm. it was really, really fun to be able to just read one drawn out story and then like, wow, that's, that's a lot. But I'm, so, we're, we just both feel really privileged that, you know, we get to do this and you all are participating so early on. I know. I feel like we're getting the tea, right? Like, I feel like it's like exciting. Cause like people are giving us the tea and I like love the tea. So we feel the tea, everyone. <laughs> We do. We love being in the loop. We love it. Okay. But before we're going to get to our first submission, which we're very excited about, obviously a little too excited, maybe (laughs) we we decided we want to start out each episode by sharing what we're calling a sparkle. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to describe a sparkle for everybody listening. It's basically like, we're going to talk about it as if it's like our lesson that we learned from this week. And we, It'll be like hopefully a little nugget of wisdom and also an opportunity for you guys to like get to know Callie and I a little more personally. So it'll be something that might have been like a hard lesson that we learned this week that we're kind of trying to reframe into like a sparkle, like a positive, like something more optimistic, which is definitely, I think, the realm of life coaching that we live in. So I mean, obviously, right? Anything bad that happens, we're like, but have you thought about it like this? Yes. Like a positive reframe. So Callie, I'm like very, very interested to hear what your sparkle of the week is. <laughs> Mine's twofold because the first one is more, it's not really a sparkle. It's a lump of coal, but it's okay. Cause it's our podcast and I can break the rules whenever I want. So my identity got stolen this week. You guys, it was awful. <laughs> I was, I was thinking of all the cuss words I could use in that moment. And I just decided let's not come out, you know, that hot. So apparently this guy in Oklahoma city bought my social security number and all this other data from the dark web. My number was up, by the way, if you're listening, someone has your social security number. That's not you. It's inevitable. It's going to happen to everyone. Again, I think it was just a spreadsheet and I happened to be top of the list. And so it was my turn. And You know, obviously it's pretty terrifying to look at your credit report and be like, okay, there's nine hard inquiries and he, you know, took out a Lowe's credit card and whatever. Mm -hmm. So the first, I guess, sparkle, but this is, I'm being serious guys, please go and make sure that your credit files are locked. I opened mine back up for a refinance and completely forgot to go back and lock them 
it takes five seconds. And all this does is whenever anyone tries to give your information, the first thing a creditor, a loan officer, whoever it is, what they're going to do is they go and check your credit report, right? They pull it to make sure you're a good candidate. If your report is locked, they can't access it. And so then they're going to have to call you or do something to say, hey, can you unlock this? And then you know that someone's attempting this, but no damage is done. And you don't waste hours of your week on the phone with American Express saying, no, I did not open a blue card. By the way, American Express is actually awesome because they called me first and Speedy Cash in Wichita, Kansas did not. So actually cheers to American Express. So first sparkle is more a lesson to you guys. Just please do this for, for Callie. Just do it for me. Please go lock your stuff. But my true sparkle is that I know past life Callie at some point would have sat there and been like, woe is me. I can't believe this. My identity got stolen, but Elise's didn't get stolen. And Andrew's didn't get stolen. Just lucky little me, right? It's so easy to go there and say, you know, and just feel sorry for yourself. So honestly, I noticed, so this happened, I think on Monday or Tuesday, and it was, I was going to bed and I was like, tomorrow I'm going to be not stressed out. And then the first thing was like, you're being, you're in the middle of a hostile takeover, (laughs) ma'am. And I felt like so good about myself Tuesday afternoon, because instead of wallowing, I just like, handled it. I actually called this guy. I'm dead serious. I got his phone number and I know this is horrible advice, but I called him and was like, I do not mess with me. Like you picked the wrong person to do this to because I am on it and I will do everything to make sure that you wasted your time. And guess what? I did. No, not a dime was taken. Nothing happened because I was on it. And this isn't to say like, I'm amazing. I'm perfect. Da da da. It's more to say, I focused on my internal locus of control, okay? Mm-hmm. I cannot control that my social security number was taken. I'm sure some people will say, well, were you careful? And it's like, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't like post my social security number <laughs> on Reddit, okay? I could not control that someone took that from me. But I can control how I respond to the situation. And it really brought some extra self-esteem because it was really cool to be like, I didn't rely on anyone else. Like no one else could have cleaned this up for me other than me. So when a situation happens, you've really got to focus on, okay, what's outside of your control and let that go. Don't beat yourself Mm -hmm. up about that. And then decide what can I control and do it. Like don't waste another second and just do it. Even if you feel really out of control, I don't know anything about credit reports or getting a loan. I mean, I'm horrible at that stuff, but it's like, I can still get on the phone and like act like I know what I'm talking about. So focus on what you control. And I think you're just going to feel so much better about yourself. That is my very long winded sparkle. everybody. Thank you for coming to this Ted talk. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I honestly am so sorry you had to deal with that. That's like, I like, I feel like that is the equivalent to me of like going to the DMV and being there for like five hours and you're literally like shoved in there like sardines and you don't want to do it. And it's just like, no one's happy there. And it's just like, bleh. like no one wants to do that, but I love your approach. I love your sparkle. I think that's so important and such a like beautiful life lesson. And it kind of goes along with my sparkle. Oh, what's your sparkle? Elise, tell me your sparkle. So, you know, I'm like, 
the most type A, the most J, the most control freak that there is. Like if you're at one out of 10, I'm a 10, I'm an 11. And Callie knows this and everybody, everybody who knows me knows this. So this week I had to go for everybody who's not following my IVF journey. My husband and I have gone through two rounds of IVF, two miscarriages. It's been one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. It's just been a cluster fuck slash dumpster fire slash slash all of the above. And so I went into an appointment. I had to get a biopsy on my endometrium. Doesn't that sound like so fun, Callie? It does not. It sounds <laughs> like painful. It, it wasn't fun. It really wasn't. But like, you know, that was out of my control. I couldn't control that I needed to get that. I could, well, all that I could control was my attitude. So you know what? I went in there and I sat down and my doctor was just like in awe of my I guess my energy and like my attitude and my personality, because usually I go in there with like five notepads, a pen, a recorder, and like research from the internet. Right. And I'm like, okay, Dr. Lee, I'm the doctor here. And you are, you always say, did you know you can get your MD from Google? Yes. Honestly, I've convinced myself that I can, you can, I'm like, I go in there and like, I know some some things more than some of the nurses that work there because I'm on support groups, internet, research articles, like all of it. I'm there. I've been there. I know it. And so I went in there and I was just like, he's like, how are you? I'm like, I am great. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to get this done. We're like, you know, another thing off the list. And he was just like, are you okay? <laughs> like, I do not recognize this version of Elise. And I'm like, you know what, Dr. Lee, it's been a road and I've tried to control it. And it's literally like the universe is laughing in my face because I thought that this could go by my plan. And so I was like, I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to be flexible and I'm going to ride the wave. And I'm just going to like realize that I don't have control over this aspect. And I'm just going to like go with it and go with the flow and be flexible. And so that is my sparkle to realize the situations that you do not have control and you can put your time and energy and effort into stressing the shit out of yourself, or you can just change your attitude and do a quick reframe, flip it into a sparkle and just have a good attitude. Like I have a mug that says today I choose joy. And I think some of the times, like the emotions we feel that come up, like you can't control the emotion, but you can control what you do with the emotion. And so like, I have to be super intentional every day now. If I like wake up in a blah mood, I'm like, you know what, Elise, today we are choosing joy. We're choosing flexibility. We're choosing to be happy. And it's been working for me. I love to hear that. Can I share with you a sub sparkle from your story? Yes. You also are doing a really good job advocating for yourself, which I know everyone listening who's been through medical troubles or health issues or honestly anything else, it doesn't just pertain to health. It is so important that you advocate for yourself. And I know that Elise probably walks into those doctor's appointments and sometimes these doctors or nurses are probably huffy with her because she comes in armed with knowledge. But guess what? She also gets answers. And she like pushes the ball forward. And sometimes you have to do that. You have to take matters into your own hands. So 
while that time I know that you didn't have your notepad and all this, it's probably because you reached the end of your rope and you had, you've been advocating for yourself this whole time. And I think that is such a good sparkle to yes. take away as well. I mean, I, we could do a whole nother podcast on that because I feel very strongly about advocating for yourself because when you go to these doctors, like you're the patient and they're the professional and they have the education. So already there's this power dynamic. Right. And then it's like, they just, you know, throughout my journey, I just was like, okay, yeah, like whatever, whatever, whatever you want. And then I was like, okay, I actually need to come with my gun loaded and like have Mm -hmm. information and have knowledge and speak to what I want and what I think, because the majority of why we are now changing protocols and trying new things is because I did the research and I was like, look, Dr. Lee, I am paying you and I want to do this. And you're going to tell me why I should and why I shouldn't. And then I'm going to be the one to make the choice because it's my hoochie and it's my future baby. And I'm the one paying the bill. So I'm the one in charge here. Yep. Her hoochie for everyone. <laughs> Got that. It's her Hoochie. And I mean, this just, you know, this really underlines our entire mantra, which is, you know, obviously in this setting, we are acting as the experts, but we fully believe that you are the only expert of your life. And so everything that we talk about on this podcast, you get to take with you and then you tailor it to yourself and you take what works for you and you leave what, what doesn't work for you. Um, so I, I love that. I love this. And with that being said, let's jump into our first really intense submission. I'm so excited for this. I'm excited too. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. So dear blush, I am so overwhelmed as I write this first and foremost, it should be noted that I am nine weeks pregnant and sick as a dog. This is my second child. And for some reason, this pregnancy is hitting me much differently this time than it did last time. My first pregnancy was a dream and this is anything but I'm nauseous, irritable, stressed, and completely out of energy. Second, I'm on the brink of a huge move. My sweet husband and I have built our dream home and his parents bought our current home. It's been a blessing to have our in-laws buy our house so we could take our time to renovate our new house. Their support has been fantastic, and I'm looking forward to being close to his family when they move to our city. But this is where the story takes a turn. I love to host. I would like to think of myself as a kind, generous person, and I like making people feel special. So when my in-laws asked me to host a family gathering next weekend, I couldn't help but agree. They've done so much for us, and I want to make sure they feel supported like we do. They are also not American, and saying no to family in their culture is a big no-no. So not only am I pregnant moving, but I have to move and moving, but I have to host this weekend. Now that we have extra bedrooms in the new house, my in-laws canceled their hotel rooms to stay with us. It's not even a money problem. They can afford a hotel room. They just want us to all be close. To top it off, my boss is begging me to buy her business. I've worked for the company for many years and had interest in, in buying the company years ago, but my boss was never ready until now. It's not lost on me that this business heavily deals with real estate and we are in the middle of a global pandemic, but it's all just so stressful. Her financials are a mess and it's tough to even know where to start. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. I strive for harmony in my life, but everything feels like a lot. Help from stress and pregnant. Oh my God. I'm stressed just listening to that. It's I a lot. Like, like 
yeah, by proxy stress or whatever you call it, man. All right. Stressed and pregnant. There's, there's so much here. There's so much to unpack that it's, it's almost overwhelmed. Like I can tell why she's overwhelmed because I'm overwhelmed. I think the first thing that comes to mind, because if you're, if you're reading this, she sounds like someone who really has it all together. I mean, she's building this dream house. She's doing all, you know, she's obviously got a pretty great job to the point where her boss is saying, okay, it's your turn to take over. Like this sounds like a very high functioning person. Mm -hmm. So what comes to mind is just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. So I believe that she probably can move while being sick as a dog and host and buy this business. And just because you're capable of handling all of that, doesn't mean you should, doesn't mean it's good for you. Doesn't mean it's the right decision. Doesn't mean any of that. Um, so of course, you know, the theme of, of really all of this is boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. There, there are very loose boundaries with the in-laws. Um, I think she, at some point she said I should, or she, you know, it, 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 she almost, it was like a quid pro quo thing. Like, well, they've done this for us. So I need to do this for them, which is a huge signal of loose boundaries. Um, and then the boss too, like, holy yikes. I mean, <laughs> her message about, oh, by the way, this yeah. business is very much contingent on real estate and no one's moving or like in person anymore. It's like, yeah, of course your boss wants you to buy this business right now. I'm sure like, but again, boundaries, like this boss thinks she can take advantage. And while the in-laws, I don't think are being, um, you know, malintended, like there's definitely some taking advantage going on too. Oh, like, because you have this space, we're entitled to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, whoo, yeah, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. But before we dive into that deep hole, I mean, at least I want to hear your first thoughts. Yeah. I think like, I, I mean, first of all, first and foremost, when you're nauseous and you don't feel good, and I can speak to this because I had a long time in my life where I couldn't get out of bed every day because I was so sick. When you don't feel good, I don't care if you're pregnant or have the flu or whatever, like the last thing you want to do is like tacking more things onto your to-do list. So that's first and foremost. If you're feeling nauseous and out of energy and just like fatigued and not with it, like that's enough to set a boundary and literally clear your whole schedule for me. That's personally because I've been there and I get it and it sucks. Also, I just moved. I'm now, my husband, Carl and I are now living with my parents. So I understand. Oh man, this is like a, hitting a little too close to home here. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like project, like I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it. Pregnant and stressed. I get it. Um, moving sucks. Okay. Like you don't realize moving sucks until you're like actually moving and then you forget how much it sucked. And Callie, I know that you can relate to this because you've moved what, like 17 times in the past 17 years. I, yeah. I, well, okay. I'm not that old, but I think I said I'd move every year since I was 17. Okay. Up until, up until this past year. So actually I'm an excellent packer, but yeah, no, it sucks. It sucks. 
Yeah. It's just not fun. It's a lot. I feel like it's a lot on top of not feeling good. And then it's like this idea of like tit for tat, right? Like you do something for me and I'll do something for you. And I, I'm a two on the Enneagram and in that, I mean, this person has to be as well. Yeah. Wouldn't you say stressed and pregnant has to be an Enneagram too. 100%. I'm like resonating with this human being on such a personal level. So like, you're definitely a two, probably two wing three, if I'm going to put that out there. Ooh, ooh, I, I like that. Look at that flex. <laughs> Look at that flex, please. <laughs> oh, I am so not like an Enneagram guru, but like I get, I know this because this is me, right? Like I can totally see myself writing in with this submission to us like next year, you know, like I get this, I feel this on such a deep level. Um, but in that book, the road back to you in the chapter about helpers and Enneagram twos, it's this idea of like, okay, well, I do something for you and then you have to do something for me. It's this like reciprocal, like tit for tat, like almost like, like tallying, right? Like you get a tally, I get a tally, you get a tally, I get a tally. Yeah, and, keeping score. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's not that way. It doesn't have to be that way. And I think when it comes from an unconditional place and it's like, okay, like, let me do something for you when I have the capacity to, and then later down the road, like I'm not expecting it, but I know you'll do the same in return. So that's really been hard for me to wrap my head around as a two, but I think that's really important to tell stressed and pregnant. Like you don't owe anyone anything. If someone's buying your home or doing you a favor, like take that at face value and like leave it at that. Like you don't need to like bring someone cookies because they brought you a casserole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm also, after listening, I'm realizing something clicked. She's nine weeks pregnant, which means I don't know who all knows because, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, it's pretty common for women to wait until their second trimester to announce pregnancy news. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the reason for that is obviously a lot can go wrong in the first trimester as, you know, Elise experienced this year. Mm -hmm. And I, while I do believe it is up to every woman to choose when she announces, we've got to take a moment to just absolutely celebrate Chrissy Teigen for really breaking through and sharing her miscarriage story and trying to destigmatize what happens. So I don't know in this case, if her family or her friends are aware of the fact she's pregnant, but it does bring something up, which is you don't have to have a reason nor do you need to share your reason for creating a boundary. Mm. So, you know, it seems like she's almost saying, I don't have a good enough reason. And, you know, again, like you said, keeping, keeping score um, between her and her family. And especially if she hasn't told them yet, she might feel like she's trapped in a corner because she doesn't have a good enough reason to decline right? Mm-hmm. Because she hasn't shared anything, and but she doesn't want to share maybe because she's not there yet when she's comfortable sharing. And so all that's to say, you're playing mental gymnastics to get to a point where you feel justified to set a boundary. And that alone is reason enough to believe you, like a, the boundary is so, so needed. And it was probably needed five years ago. Like we are so far down this journey without boundaries um, because, you know, and I'm, and I'm honestly a little shocked that they asked in the first place, which is also a sign that she probably hasn't set up the boundaries that she needed to a long time ago. But really what was just coming into play right now is like, you don't have to have a reason. If she felt completely fine 
like, and she wasn't pregnant and she wasn't experiencing any sickness. And she was, it was just a crazy time in her life. That's reason enough to say, uh, th- this weekend's not going to work for me. Right. Or, or maybe a bit, maybe later on down the road or just this, this isn't the right time. And that's good enough. You don't have to have a PowerPoint presentation as to why you can't participate. See, I compl- I'm with you, but I just remember that she said that her, it's a culture, right? So like saying no okay. or declining is a big no-no in their culture. So that's a whole other mm-hmm. hoop that you have to jump through because yes, like we can promote boundary setting all day, but if that's negatively viewed in the culture that her in-laws are from, then like you're stuck between a uh, rock and a hard place, right? Like that's true, but I will say Americans don't like boundaries either. <laughs> Americans also don't like being told no. And I think that the bigger the pushback or the stronger the pushback, the more evidence that a boundary was needed in the first place. And you know, there are other ways to celebrate whatever culture her family's from without sacrificing her own mental health or her mm-hmm. own, I mean, physical health. I mean, That's again, true. you know, she is nine weeks pregnant, regardless if she's disclosed that or not. And I just, I am a big believer in celebrating other people's life choices and celebrating other people's heritages and just celebrating other people, period, yep. as long as it doesn't infringe upon someone else's well being. Mm. And I think this is one of those situations where I'm going to draw the line and say, I think it's irrelevant what their culture is. Um, I totally understand that other people might disagree with me, but that's just, that's where I am. There are plenty of other ways to really, you know, dig in and, and, be, and even participate, right, in a culture that's not yours. Yeah, I agree. And you know what just popped into my mind as you were talking is that um, story from Untamed, Glennon Doyle. Callie and I love Glennon. So oh, yeah. for anyone listening, like we're going to talk about her all the time, probably every episode. I mean, maybe we should just call this like Glennon Doyle's fan podcast. <laughs> Honestly. We're, we're scrapping blush you today from yes. here out. It's those who worship Glennon Doyle. I'm, I'm obsessed. I like that. Okay. But she, she tells this story of how her daughter Tish comes home and is like saying that her friend wants her to join this club, but she doesn't want to. And Glennon's like, okay, well don't. And she's like, well, I don't want to like disappoint him. And Glennon goes on to say like, you literally have a duty when you have an option to choose between disappointing someone else and disappointing yourself. You have a duty to disappoint as many other people. If that means not disappointing yourself. And then she goes, this is my favorite part. Then she goes on to say like, even you mom and Glennon goes, especially me. And I think that's shows that right there shows what's underneath the surface of like, we, we prioritize what our families and people closest to us, how they see us, right? Like we, we care about that. And so it would be hard for me to think about disappointing my mom or disappointing my dad or, you know, whatever that looks like. And so that might be at play too, because these are her in-laws, right? Like, of course she wants them to not be disappointed in her. And so I think that's an important lesson to learn of just any situation that you have two roads. One is disappointing other people and one is disappointing yourself. Choose disappointing other people every single time because you owe that to yourself. You, you really do. And as you were talking about this, oh, I just, I just love it. The, the concept of identity came up, which is 
I do wonder, because I think she said something about, I would like to see myself as a generous, kind person. It's important mm-hmm. to her. Being, being a hostess or a host is, is part of her identity. And I'm sure saying yes to people and celebrating them is part of her identity. And I'm not asking her to set that aside. I'm not asking her to compromise who she is. But I am challenging her to say, is that why you think people love you? And do you believe that you have to do things for other people in order to receive love. And if that is a belief that she's holding, then you can imagine how the thought of disappointing her in-laws or disappointing other people would be absolutely incongruent to the core of who she is. And so she's going to have to untangle that because her identity and her worth cannot be wrapped up in doing things for other people. One, you're limited in that. Mm -hmm. So if you're choosing something where you're automatically limited, I mean, you only have so many hours in a day, you're setting yourself up for failure and you're totally going, I mean, think about it. Logically, you're absolutely going to sacrifice your own mental health for the sake of other people. And so this would actually be amazing practice to say no and to sit with the dis- the discomfort of them being disappointed. The funny thing is they might not even be disappointed. They might just be so used to her saying yes that when she says no, they're like, oh, okay, no big deal. And she's like, wait, what? what? <laughs> I mean, you haven't, you probably haven't given them very many opportunities to be disappointed, mm. especially if you're saying yes in a situation like this. I mean, good Lord, it's just so obvious that she does not have the bandwidth for this and she's still saying yes. So that makes me believe this is just a a thing that happens. They ask, she says yes, and it's just part of the relationship. And so she's gonna have to untangle that. She's gonna have to break the cycle. And that might really make her confront her identity and her worth and what she believes, you know, attracts love from other people. And she's gonna have to start relying on other areas of herself. Like, I don't know her intentions because they are so pure. She is, you can tell she's so sweet just from the way that she's writing about this. Like you can tell there are things about her that are absolutely worthy of love. Even if there weren't in this letter, just because she exists, she's worthy of love. You don't have to be the best host or the smartest or the most whatever in order to have love. So yeah, there's, there's a lot. Yeah. I love that piece about identity. I think we all I can remember being in grad school and I like told a story about a relationship that I was in and my grad school professor like pulled me aside afterwards and was like, you have a self-limiting belief that you're worthless. And I was like, what? (laughs) And she was like, and it's causing you to like overextend yourself and attract these relationships that are toxic because you're reaching to to challenge your self-limiting belief. But what these relationships are actually doing is actually just reinforcing them. And I think that that's the work that like, okay, life coaching or therapy comes in because a lot of the times you don't do that work to fit. I would have never known that that was my self-limiting belief until my professor was like, "Mm, I'm like lifting up the hood and like shining a flashlight in there. And it's like not the stuff that's comfortable and you're definitely not proud of it. And you definitely don't want to talk about it and it's raw and it's vulnerable. But like, I love that piece of identity and self-limiting beliefs. And I I think that's such important work and everybody needs to do that, but it's not fun. Like it's not comfortable. 
It's not fun. And you normally find out about them unless you're in a graduate school program for counseling. Then you find out about all your shit yeah. <laughs> in the in the little time frame of two and a half years. Lucky you. But you know, most of the time you're faced with this stuff in situations where you really just want it to work out and then you'll figure it out later. But you're not gonna figure it out later because you're gonna forget about it until you're in the next sticky situation. So unfortunately stressed and pregnant more than likely because you have a very long history of loose boundaries and not standing up for yourself and just saying yes and yes and yes over and over again you've kind of gotten yourself into this pickle <laughs> like i mean you do have a role to play here as much as i would love to say oh my gosh you know these in-laws how horrible you trained them to treat you like this so they have the notion that you're going to be fine, probably because you haven't let on in the past or now that you're not fine. I'd be willing to think you said sweet husband, or you said something about how your husband is supportive and great. Well, my other question is, where is he? <laughs> are, are you not telling him that you're overwhelmed? Where's your support? Are you not being honest? But yeah. You have a role to play in this. Again, I think Elise said this in the last podcast episode, you train people on how to treat you. And so you've got to sit back and say, what made you give them that impression that you were just superwoman and you have no needs and you are malleable and whatever they need, you can provide. Is that how you want to live your life? That's not how I want you to live your life. What are you going to do when you have babies? I mean, you already have one child, two. Ooh, girl. Yeah. Boundaries are going to be your bread and butter to survive mm -hmm. this next phase of life. And that's, I've learned this too the hard way. People don't know what you need until you tell them. Like I can remember having a bad day and I was with a friend and I called Carl and I was like, Carl, when I get home, have a glass of wine that's filled to the brim for me, put on my favorite show, get my dogs ready, my fuzzy socks and draw me a bath and I'll see you in 20. Love you. And I hung up the phone and my friend was like, damn, like, you just tell him what to do like that. And I'm like, yeah, how else would he know? You know, like I, you have to communicate your needs and then just allow people to listen and get, provide that for you. Right. Like we're not mind readers. We don't know what you need in, until you tell us. Right. Totally. No, we're not mind readers. I have one last story on that because it's just like one of my favorite stories. I normally tell this story during relationship coaching stuff, but I still think it's so relevant here. So I have a best friend who continuously was disappointed every single birthday, every single holiday, because her husband kept buying her stuff that she didn't like, or it wasn't like, it wasn't the appropriate type of gift for the holiday. Like she had more, I'm making this up now, but she had more emphasis on birthdays than Christmas or whatever it was. I don't remember, but you know how some people value, you know, Christmas holidays or Hanukkah or whatever it is more so than their birthday or more so than their anniversary. Everyone's like that. So finally she got so fed up that for, she would make a list at the beginning of the year of every holiday where she expected a gift. And then she would give like examples of what would be appropriate and price ranges. And some people cringe when they hear that because they're like, oh my gosh, how unromantic. Whereas I'm like, are you serious? This is win-win. She's never disappointed again for the rest of the year. Her husband is not in the dark, pulling his hair out, being like, what, what does it take to please you? Because she's telling him, this is what it takes to please me, follow the instructions. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
And this woman right here, stressed and pregnant, I guarantee you has not done this with her in-law. She has not said, this is what it takes for me to be a good daughter-in-law and to feel supported and to, you know, be a good, in a reciprocal, good relationship, because this is not reciprocated. Her in-laws, I highly doubt, put themselves into financial stress in order to buy this home, but she's putting herself into duress in order to provide, to, to be tit for tat, which is what you said earlier. And so being as transparent as possible, even though if, if it feels calculated or it feels cold or it feels, you know, non-romantic or whatever it is that you're trying to talk yourself out of it, I really encourage you to go for it. Because as Elise said, we are not mind readers. People just, people don't know how to treat each other unless they're told. Like, we are all pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> we are. We all, we think that everyone wants to be treated the way we want to be treated. And it's just not true. It's not true at all. We all have our own unique individual needs. We all have our different thresholds for pain. We have our different thresholds for happiness. We have different levels of mental health. Like we are all so different. And instead of like expecting people to pull their hair out, trying to figure out what you need, you have to set boundaries and you got to communicate. Yes. So get Elise, get Elise her fuzzy socks. Yes. And the glass of wine. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. More importantly, <laughs> the glass of wine. Oh, I love this. I feel like this is like, I really like see myself. I can relate to stressed and pregnant as a human being. So oh God, the funny thing is like, I think I'm almost too good at saying no at this point, <laughs> but I need to, <laughs> yeah. I, I need to, I need to ease up a little bit. I think maybe, maybe I took it too far, but I mean, you know, as much as I really piled it on stressed and pregnant, I hope you don't feel more stressed listening to this. It's just, it's so evident how much you care and not all of these messes in here. I mean, we didn't even really get to the boss buying the business, but I mean, honestly, we don't, how much time do we really need? No, don't do it. (laughs) Done, easy, what's next, right? But everything in this letter indicates that you you care a lot and I don't want you to feel guilty or ashamed or bad about that. I think it's a great quality to have just such a lovely caring attitude towards the people in your life. Yes. I'm with you. I agree. And if you still feel stressed, get your ass down to blush and talk (laughs) to a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Look at, look at Elise. Look at, look at that little plug. I, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, and speaking of plugs. If you have been listening and you're saying, man, I need some of that, then we've got a promo code for first time users, first time clients, and it's blush you in all caps. Yes. Promo codes are case sensitive. Yes. I learned that the hard way. So please (gasps) don't stress me out and use all caps blush you for 25% off your first month. I mean, don't you just, after listening to this podcast, come on. I mean, you yes. get this wisdom on a weekly basis tailored yes. to you. And don't forget to write in. We are loving hearing from you guys. So write in, tell us your dilemma, tell us your sitch. You can write it anonymously like Stress and Pregnant did. So yeah. our email, bless you at joinblush.com. Yes. Again, we are professional story listeners. So if you want to keep us in a job, it's kind of up to you guys. Yes. I got to pay rent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa has bills. Lisa has bills, bills. So keep us employed. Thank you. I love it. Okay. okay. So, so good. 
So good. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back with another submission. We have so many good ones. I'm so excited for y'all to hear them all. So stay tuned and we will be back soon. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.